You're listening to the Northfield Podcast with your host, Caleb Gordon, and we are tackling issues of family, faith, and culture, all from a biblical worldview. Sit back, buckle up, and let's go. Find out more at calebgordon.org. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. Um, man, today I want to talk about leaving a legacy. I want to talk about the impact that one man can make on a family, on a city, on a church, on a community, on the world. Um, I got in the mail this last week um, a magazine for our town that we live in, and that magazine it was dedicated to Dad and said remembering Ed Gordon. And and I opened up and I looked at the pages. Uh, as they wrote this nice article about my father, just talking about the achievements. And I just look at all the insane things that my dad did. Like, he accomplished so many ridiculous things. And I just am overwhelmed by um, what he did. And I think back on how profound his impact was on this on the city. I mean, he he started in the late 90s. At the city, he before that he was he worked for a place called Lock Supply. He was a manager for Lock Supply. Man, really took that company to a really, I mean, it was a it was a big deal. He did a lot of great things. The guy that owned the company, Don Lock, tried to get him to do some some big things, and he just it would it would have meant him being away from his family and being away from the church and all this different thing, you know, things like that. And he, so he declined that, but God opened a door, and he he went to work for the city of Bartlesville, and and he started out working in the wastewater uh, sewage treatment plant. He had 12 guys that were under him, and he called them the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> he uh, he worked for the city in the late 90s. And then, uh, I mean, I'm just reading over just some of the stuff that Dad did. Um, it says here, um, he graduated from college high school in Bartlesville, Oklahoma in 1966, uh, one of the largest graduating classes ever. Then he went to, um, in 19... 19- 70, married my mom, and then just shortly after that, he had to go to basic training for the U.S. Army, and he had an honorable discharge in 1975, and they returned back to Bartlesville for a little bit where he got his bachelor's degree in religious education from, at the time, Bartlesville Wesleyan College, that's now Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Then he moved to Memphis for a little bit and got his um, his theological training there that's where he got his he went to seminary and then moved to wyoming that's where i was born and it just just mind-boggling to think about all the places that he's been all the things that he's touched i mean i just i was just sitting there thinking he started in 2000 or rather he was promoted in 2002 the public course director and man that was one of his favorite jobs he just loved being the director of public works, like being able to make the changes in the cities and do, or in the city, doing the things that just he could accomplish there and all the things. I mean, he worked tirelessly to make our town a better town. And I, I just kept thinking about that from 2000 to when he, he retired in 2018. Like he just worked tirelessly as public works director and the city manager to make an impact on our city. And everywhere he went, everyone would, everyone's told me, man, when he was in the room with you, you felt like you were the only one in the room with him. Like he didn't 
blow you off. If you were talking to him, you were his focus. And that's so true. Like, he did that for everyone. And I remember when we would go eat out with Dad, um, if we were in a restaurant and he happened to see any of the city employees, um, if they were there, he would inevitably figure out a way to pay for their for their meals. And I watched that man do that countless times. Uh, regardless of where we were eating, he would, he would grab their ticket and say, I want to pay for their meal. I want to buy their meal. And just was so kind in that aspect to just always make people around him feel seen or heard. Um, and just story after story about government leaders coming into his office, wanting to have a prayer meeting. Like senators, congressmen, wanted to have prayer meetings with him. Um, and, and just these people that are, you know, the world considers bigwigs. He would come, they would come to his office and seek counsel and they want to know, you know, Hey, can't, you know, and dad would, how can I pray for you? How can I help? What can I do? He was always had that, that servant leadership. And I, and I noticed they quoted Matthew 23, 11 in this article, which I thought was great, but he who is the greatest among you will be your servant. And that was, I mean, that was the thing dad, dad served well. He served those around him. He loved being a servant. And he was never he never touted, oh, I'm a city manager. Or he never touted that. He people said, What do you do? Because I'm the head janitor at the city. <laughs> he was I like to I clean up a lot of messes. <laughs> and I just he left that legacy around the city that man had just want to make the place better than what I that was one of the things we when we grew up, me and my brother David. Think one of the things we when we grew up that was what they dad always pushed was leave a place better than you found it leave a place better than you found it man I'm gonna tell you I look around the city I drove around over the weekend just looking at some different things as I drove around and I thought man dad's done that he left this place better than he found it and that's what I want to do with my family. he left his family better than he found it. And I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be a man that leaves my family better than I found it. Leave my church better than I found it. Leave my community better than I found it. And I just that that's what we need to be doing as Christians. Especially, like, I'm, 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 I love speaking to men. Trying to speak into the hearts of men. I mean, we, we're called by God to lead. We're called by God to be a light to a dark and dying world. We're called to be salt as Christians. That's what we're called to be. And that's what dad did. There was no secular sacred divide for dad. There was none of that for him. All of it was was sacred. Everything that he did was sacred. Every ground that he walked on was a sacred ground because he knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was with, was with him. Whether he was in the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C., pressing for water rights for the city of Bartlesville, or he was in his church pressing for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. His mantra was that Jesus is Lord. And, and he made no bones about it. He was never shy about that. He was never quiet about that. The Lord Jesus Christ was the primary objective in that man's life. And I, I, I just, my hope is that we would all feel this way as Christians, that we would leave a legacy that would be bigger than just our ourselves. Um, oh, man. I think if people knew what all he did to make this place better, 
we'd just be in awe. I want to leave you guys with just a small snippet of an interview that one of my sons did with him uh, for a school project. And I thought this was a great little interview that, that Austin did with my dad. And I just want to leave this with you guys just as a, a small little thing to remember who my father is. So this is with Edgar Gordon. Say hi, Ed. Hello. Uh, so I'm going to ask you some questions. Is that okay? Why, sure it is. All right. These questions are all on uh, worldview, just to uh, let you know. Can I advertise that Austin is my grandson? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, does God exist? Yes. What is he like and how do you know? What is he like? Well, he is like his son. If you want to know what God is like, you only have to look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, was the full embodiment of God himself. So when you, when you talk to Jesus, when you follow Jesus, when you watched him, you were watching what God, who God is and what God is like. All right. What is real? Is reality merely matter, an illusion, some combination, or something else? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, addressed this particular question. And what we see, what we see is only temporary. That's just what our lives are only temporary. The car you drive is temporary. The house you live in is temporary. And the world that we live in was created by God. And he created it for a specific purpose. And that was to have people live on it. And the reality is, is that God brings reality to all things. And if in relationship, in time, in space, uh, God brings reality to all these things that we as human beings ponder. Um, um, it's interesting that how things are created in threes, that in time, there's past, present, and future. Um, in space, there's height, width, and depth. And in humanity, as human beings, we're made in his image, and we're made of body, soul, and spirit. Uh, all things as we look around creation are made in threes. And that's the reality of our world. God made it. All right. What is the origin of life in the universe? Oh, well, the great mystery of history. <laughs> and we are trying to get to Mars in the worst way to try and explore it, and they're going to find a, um, an interesting planet uh, that um, is composed of material much like Earth is. Uh, the moon, uh, when they, just, they landed on the moon, it is it made a material much like the Earth. 
And then they discovered, they said, well, it's because at one time the earth clashed with a big rock, gouged out the moon, and created it. And therefore it's like it's like the earth. Well, they're going to find that it's much the same whether they go to a gaseous giant or Mercury or Mars. Creation was made by God. It was made by God, is made by him and for him. Um, the, the mysteries of space and time that God has set before man as and as man tries to probe these things, the the closer they get to discovering what those things are, they'll discover the closer they are to finding out who God is because he made these things uh, by his own hand, everything. And they made by him, for him, and they consist by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Are human beings special? Yes or no? I like to think I'm special. <laughs> in fact, that ain't a division in school after me. Special ed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, every human being is special. Every last one of us. Uh, and we're special in creation. We're special in our operation as we live on planet Earth. We have to live by certain laws or we can't live here. That is, there, God has made us uh, to abide by certain creative laws. And we live in those laws. What was the question? <laughs> Are human beings special? Oh my gosh, how could I forget that? <laughs> I think that's probably the answer is that we're trying to forget that. But yes, we are special. Individual, unique. There's only one set of fingerprints in this world that belong to Austin. Austin. You're not going to find another set. He's got them. They're unique to him. His life is unique. The differences that he makes even in one one other man or woman, boy or girl, the difference that he makes in helping someone else or being a part of someone else's life. Uh, what is the worth of that? If Austin sets about to rescue me, what's that worth to me? And why do we spend so much time and money and education to rescue people? to set them straight, to put them on a path not of ignorance and hate, but rather a path of freedom uh, and respect. I almost use the word love, but that might not be legal now. <laughs> but we're to love each other, let me be clear about that. All right. Are we basically good, basically bad, or something else? Like, in the Bible, what does it say we are? <clears throat> Well, I, I, Scripture says there is none good, no, not one. 
And that should be the answer to it. There should be, God said it, you know, used to, I haven't seen one in a long time. There was a sticker on the back of cars that says, God settles it, uh, God says it, I believe it, that settles it for me. Well, I think we could remove a step from that anyway. God says it and that settles it. What God says is truth. And this is where some of these questions in your life, you have to sit down and determine what is your guide for life? And I think that's where it sounds like some of these questions are coming from. What, what, what is it that determines your values? Um, what is it that elevates you? You ask the question about humanity. Are are we special in creation? Yes. But where does that sp- speciality come from? God gives that. And he creates us in that special way, as only God can. All right. Last question. What is right and what is wrong, and how do we know? Well, God has set about to teach us what is right and what is wrong through his word. And we go specifically to the Ten Commandments. And try as you might, you can't add an eleventh. The Ten Commandments cover our relationship. The commandments, the first commandments determine our relationship with God. And then the post-commandments in those Ten Commandments, the last six deal with man's relationship with man. Uh, So it tells us how we're to relate to God in four commandments. And then in the last six, it tells us how we relate to human beings. And we are to love God with all of our hearts all of our bodies, all of our soul, all of our strength. And then it says the second commandment that God gives, this was said by the Lord Jesus, the second commandment is likened to the first, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. So in respect in the Ten Commandments, it says who is, how are we to relate to our our mother and father, it says we're to give them great respect. And that, of course, would redound down to how we treat others. Because how you treat your mother and father is the warp and wolf and the fabric of our society. If you can't respect the people you live with, if you can't love the people you live with, then how are you going to love somebody you don't know? So God commands that the greatest command is that we love. And the source of all love is God himself through his son, the Lord Jesus. Austin, thank you for allowing me to spend these few minutes to be interviewed. I consider it a privilege. You're welcome. And thank, thank you. you for, thank you for uh, get, letting me interview you. You bet. I just absolutely love the fact that all of that was revolving around 
making sure people understood who God was and that in my father's life, the Lord Jesus Christ was supreme. And that should be all, if we belong to Jesus, that should be the anthem of our life is that Christ is, he's our everything. He's not just an add-on or a piece of, of the puzzle. Uh, he is the central foundational focus of our lives. And that's what I love about the legacy that my father left was that Jesus Christ was everything. And I could promise you this, if he could tell you today, what he, what he would say is, trust Christ Trust Christ. Put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he would tell you. That's what he told me. That's what he told my brother. That's what he told everyone around him is that the Lord Jesus Christ is it. So that's my, as we remember my dad, as I just sit here and think about him on this podcast, just golly, thankful to the Lord for a man who loved Jesus well and pointed me towards him. And may I be a man who does this exact same thing. I want to point men and women, boys and girls, to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in 10,000 years, you know what's going to matter? That Jesus Christ is still on his throne. That's it. That's it. Love you all. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer, clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting? Then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology.